Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Weekly Racing Roundup. I'm your host, Race Car Day. For Sunday, March 3rd, we have a lot of action this weekend. We had, starting off, we had WEC season opener in Qatar at the 1,812 kilometers of Qatar at the Low South Circuit. We also had the Cup boys taking their chances out there in Las Vegas. And the big one, the one everybody's been waiting for, the season opener at Bahrain. The Grand Prix of Bahrain. 2024 season is underway for Formula One. Quick note, you'll notice there actually is another show in the feed this week. That is an experiment we did. I just kind of did it and pushed it. That is a like a read-along storybook for a Formula One race. That was recorded in real time while watching the Grand Prix with Madman Mark Adams. Um, I'm not sure that's how we're going to do it in the future, but hey, it's something we wanted to try. If you did listen to it, please give me some feedback. Give me, you know, let me know if I did anything right, if I did anything wrong. We're just experimenting, see what's going to work out in the future. Anyway, we've got a lot to get to, so let's get down to the program. just got done watching the opening round of Formula One, the 2024 Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, with me now is Madman Mark Adams. Just happens to be my brother. What do you think of what you just saw, Mark? That was a very boring F1 race that we saw a lot of last year. So I guess that's good. Consistency is great in racing. Consistency. So we did see Max Verstappen run off the front um, with his teammate, you know, Desperately holding on behind that. Luckily, we, there was some exciting Ferrari action with the teammates. Uh, driver of the day, Carlos Sainz, well-deserved. And I think it's absolutely hilarious that he beat Leclerc. Um, I truly do hope he holds this up for the rest of the season. Yeah, that was a pretty bad look for Ferrari. Carlos had to pass Charles on track twice. So he definitely looked the stronger. Uh, if there is any positive takeaways from this race, I will say the Ferrari... Did not fall off the pace from tire wear. So that was good. Uh, Carlos was in with a shout with Sergio at the end, which wasn't bad either. Uh, quick rundown of the order. Verstappen won by 22 seconds, which doesn't even explain how bad he beat this race down. He, uh, his fastest lap was two seconds faster than anybody else's fastest lap of the race. It was just a vulgar display of power and inevitability. Uh, Perez followed him home. Two Ferraris in 34th, Sainz and Leclerc. George Russell kind of faded towards the end, didn't he, Mark? Yeah, George Russell is doing well. Um, it was uh, The Mercedes and the McLarens do look competitive with each other, so at least that'll be a good good battle with them. Um, but yeah, George Russell thought he could hang on. I was hoping he could hang on, but uh, the the power of the other teams just, just was there. Both Mercedes drivers were compare, like complaining of some sort of battery issue, power issue. I don't know if this is true, if they were truly having a car issue throughout the race, but we'll see. We'll see as time goes on. Okay, behind George Russell, we had Lando Norris, who had kind of an anonymous day, floating in between the two uh, Mercedes. Seventh place was Lewis Hamilton, who at one point said his seat broke, and like Mark just said, both the Mercedes drivers appeared to... I don't know if they weren't harvesting enough energy, whether that's a software issue or whether they were just overusing the uh, electric deployment. They were both having problems. 
Uh, Piastri, we didn't really talk much about him today. He just kind of floated around down there in eighth. Uh, Alonso, back in ninth, uh, falling down a couple spots from qualifying, not really putting on particularly good show. Uh, but Stroll here in 10th, uh, during the race, we had a lot of conversations. It really looked like uh, it was going to be uh, Sonoda and Joe earlier in the race, didn't it, Mark? It did. It did. That was actually an exciting battle for most of the race. Maybe the most exciting battle for most of the race. Uh, the last round of pits definitely shook it up with the Aston Martins being where they were. Um, Alonso did come back from what like six seconds back to catch his teammate after a late late pit stop so that was impressive from alonzo as always um as you go farther down out of the points one of the most disappointing things i've seen in the race was the v carb red bull organization um forcing a driver swap right at the end uh gifting ricardo a non-points playing position and pissing yuki off i i, I don't know why they did that i i can't think of it yeah, that just looked like really bad personnel management. Uh, finishing ahead of the V-Carb Anger Bros was Magnuson in 12th, and like Mark just said, uh, inexplicably, V-Carb decided to swap their drivers at the end to no positive racing effect and the negative effect of pissing off the already genuinely angry little Yuki Sonoda there. Uh, 15th, Alex Albon. Um, I know we were kind of expecting more. It looked like... He was having some problems with his car today, Mark. Yeah, I don't know. Williams is just, I mean, I always, I always want Williams to do well. Um, he was floating around towards the points paying position a little bit. Um, he obviously destroyed his teammate, but I, don't, I think that's to be expected at this point, unfortunately. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully Williams figures it out. Yeah, yeah. Williams uh, not looking... Uh, again, they're kind of track specific, so maybe we'll see a better showing from them a little bit later in the year. Hulkenberg, who, who, uh, what did he do? Did he get punted or no, he broke his nose on the first lap. So he pitted on the first lap and then was off cycle by himself for he was like 45 seconds behind the field. Yeah. Recovered to 16th. And why we're pointing this out is 17th and 18th effectively last place of the people that ran without trouble were Ocon and Gasly. So that's disappointing. The revolution will not be televised. Um, at least not the revolution from these guys. Yeah. Very Alpine was actually somewhat competitive from time to time last year. Um, it was good to see, but I mean, they were not even, they were just not competitive from qualifying to today. Nothing. Yeah. Hopefully they figure it out. Yeah. That car on raw pace appears to be anchored to the back of the field. Uh, two people did finish behind them. Botas, who had a very lengthy pit up. I don't know what happened to him earlier in the race either. He kind of got shuffled back at the beginning, and then he had a 52-second pit stop coming in second place all time for the longest pit stop in Formula 1 behind his own 36-hour pit stop from Monaco two years ago when the wheel nut fused onto the car. And then behind him, Logan Sargent. Hey, we are Americans, um, but he did not put on a good show. It appeared that he got lost at some point in the lap. Maybe he had a technical issue, but uh, not a very good showing from Logan Sargent. I'm curious to see how long Williams tolerate him in the car, knowing how far off he is on the pace. I'd like to thank Mark for joining me for the review of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um, Yes. Fears have been realized 
it does appear that we are in for another snoozer of a season. Yawn. Yawn. Um, I know people like to call NASCAR nap car, but Formula One, particularly those races that are on it early in the morning, could be a hard watch this year. Let's hope not, though. Uh, it's a long season, 24 races this year. This is just the first round. Next round, they'll be in Saudi Arabia. And again, like today, the race will be on Saturday, not on Sunday, because Sunday is the start of Ramadan. So the first two races of the year were bumped up a day. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, now we're off to Qatar for the 1,812 kilometers of Qatar at the Low South Circuit. This is a circuit we're going to see a little bit more next week when MotoGP opens up their season there. This is also the track that last year where the Formula One drivers, because of a combination of incredible heat and mandatory pit stops, had a real workout last year. So this is a very tight, twisty, and challenging circuit. But the big story there, Porsche sweeps the wins in both categories. They won in hypercar, and they won in LMGT3. So the podium, kind of the running order at the end of the race, it was Penske. Roger Penske himself flew out to Qatar to watch his cars get first and third. This time, the number six car was triumphant, and they were split by another Porsche 963, the Hertz Jada number 12 car. I said that was the six Penske in first, the Jada second, and the other Penske in third. So that is a podium sweep for the 963, which is a major turnaround in form over last year. Coming home in fourth place was the Chip Ganassi Racing Cadillac. And then behind that was the first of the Ferrari 499s, this one being the yellow one. This is the AF Corsa customer car, uh, kind of sentimental favorite of mine because Robert Kubica is finally in a good car in his post-injury racing career. That car was also the highest place of the Eurospec uh, Le Mans hypercars. Everything above it, the Porsches, Cadillacs, a number of other cars, WRT, those are all the IMSA-style LMDH cars. So this is a real turnaround in form over last year. The dominant Toyota team from last year, who struggled all throughout the buildup to this season, only managed to get one of their cars up to sixth place. That was the number seven car. And then finishing behind them, though, I think this got changed in post, was the first of the Bobtail Peugeots. This is a really weird-looking race car, and from the coverage, it sounds like this is the last time we're going to see this. They've got a new car coming out. Uh, Jean-Eric Verne, whose name you might recognize from Formula E, was at the wheel of the Peugeot, and he was running in a podium position until two laps to go when it appeared they had some kind of fueling issue, whether it was a lack of fuel or a pump issue. He did limp the car home to seventh place in EV-only mode, but in post-race, I believe, they bumped him down the order because he was unable to get the car back to Park Ferme. You always got to take the car home and put it away before they count it as a win. Seventh was the first of the factory Ferrari 499 cars, the number 50 car for AF Corsa. Eighth place, we had the first of the new Alpines. They sure do look good in blue, those Alpine cars. Uh, ninth place was the second factory Toyota, the number eight car. And then coming home in 10th was another 
customer 963 Porsche, this one being Proton Racing's number 99. Over on the LMGT3 side, kind of another winner, a name you might recognize, it was Porsche again, the 9, uh, whatever version of the 911 they're on now, seems to be working really too, this time in the guise of the 92 Manti Pure X racing car out of Lithuania. That name Manti, you're going to see a lot. They kind of are the leading name in prepping 911 GT3 cars. Coming home in second place was the American-run heart of racing Aston Martin, the number 27 car. And following then home, another Aston Martin. This one, the 777 D-Station Aston Martin, uh, flagged as a Japanese entry. Personal favorite of mine coming home in fourth, the Doctor. On board with his teammates, made it home in fourth in the WRT BMW M3, the number 46. And then rounding out the top five at GT3, we had a Vista AF Corsa Ferrari 296. A lot of really good, solid racing there. We're going to see these boys next at Imola, which is going to be a dramatically different way, race. Uh, Los Sal being a modern Super fast, flat circuit with a lot of runoff area, kind of designed more for motorcycle racing than car racing. Imola is a tight, narrow, twisty, old school European track. So uh, the field in this series is pretty thick on the ground. So it'll be interesting to see how all those guys manage to tiptoe around each other at the next round. All right, we're off to Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the last race of the weekend where Kyle Larson held off a late charge from Tyler Reddick to sweep both stages and get the win at the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Kyle Larson really did put on a clinic all day. He was in control. Now that we're off the super speedway-style tracks from Daytona and Atlanta, we're back into the more meat and potatoes Intermediate length tracks, uh, Vegas being the first one of those on the schedule this year. Uh, at the beginning of the race, uh, Joey Logano had was on pole but did fade away early. Uh, the two cars that were looking very strong early in the race were A, Larson, but also B, the 24 of William Byron. He is your 2024 Daytona 500 winner, also the winningest driver of the season last year. Um, Larson and Byron were in control of the race early on, but uh, Byron ran into trouble on lap 48 where he picked up some debris, and by debris I mean a whole-ass garbage bag clogging up his radiator, shooting his water temp up to 300 degrees. He had to pit. That dropped him down to the order, but he would recover to get a top 10 by the end of the day. Um, really, it was all about Hendricks. And Gibbs, most of the day. Those those were the strong cars. We'll do a quick rundown of the top 10. Kyle Larson getting the W. Tyler Reddick for 23-11. Was really close to chasing him down at the end. Very good duel. If you get a chance to maybe watch a replay of the last 5 to 10 laps, it was a very good example of how well these current generation of cup cars actually do work on the mile-and-a-half oval tracks. Coming up in third place, your 2023 and current reigning champion, Ryan Blaney, first Ford home, although he was a few seconds back for the leaders. 
followed home by the watermelon man, Raj Chastain, and the track house number one Chevrolet. Ty Gibbs had a real yo-yo day, but was able to recover to fifth. He was followed home by Noah Gregson in one of the Stuart Haas Racing Ford Dark Horse Mustangs. A very good result for Noah Gregson. This is He had gotten himself put in the no-no penalty box last year, so having him back in the series, now that he's fully repentant, uh, it's good to see him running up front. Uh, behind him was Martin Truex in the number 19 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. Glued to his bumper was another Gibbs car, Denny Hamlin in the number 11 Toyota. Uh, Joey Logano was having a little bit of trouble in the middle of the day, but did manage to recover to ninth place. And in 10th place, the aforementioned William Byron, who without that debris issue earlier in the race and having to fight his way back from 35th, probably would have been right up there with Larson and Reddick contending for the win. Okay, next week, the Cup Boys are going to be in Phoenix. Uh, this is a another different style track. This is about a mile track. It's very flat. It has a really wonky section where you can run across the apron. Sometimes they go five, six wide on restarts. The main importance of this race is this is the same track they will be running the final for the championship on. So watching next week will give you a good form guide when it comes down to the final race to see who is likely to be able to get it closed out at the end of the year. I want to thank everybody who's spending time listening to the Weekly Racing Roundup. If you like the show and want it to grow, please like, subscribe, share, leave a review, tell your friends. We want to get as many people listening to this show because I like talking about race cars. And I like talking about them with you, which is why we've started a Discord page as well. Weekly Racing Roundup Discord. There will be a link in the show notes below. And again, thank you for joining me on the Roundup. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for the Weekly Racing Roundup this week for March 3rd. We had a lot of action this week, but next week we've got even more. We've got Saturday, we've got the second round of the Formula One World Championship in Saudi Arabia. Let's see if the field can do anything about the inevitability that is Max Verstappen in that RB20. We also have, this is very exciting, we were going to have the IndyCar season opener from St. Pete. Going to have a good coverage from that. Really excited to get that season started. If you like open wheel racing um, and you're a Formula One person, give IndyCar a try. I think you'll be very impressed with the show once you get stuck in and learn the different drivers and teams there. What else do we got? What else do we got? Oh, MotoGP is going to be having their season opener at LaSalle, the track that was uh, the track in Qatar that WEC just had their season opener at. And the Cup Boys will be in Phoenix, giving us a bit of a preview of what the last round of the year is going to look like. Spring race at Phoenix will be an interesting one. Lots of four, five wide racing through the front of the straightaway. Uh, Again, a different style circuit to what you've seen already. Kind of a smaller, flatter oval. Anyway, thank you for joining me for the weekly racing roundup. My name is Racecar Dave, and keep the rubber side down.